Hello, Carmen. How you doing? I'm doing good, Jim. How about yourself? All right. These, this program and probably the next one, it's really off the cuff. Yeah, off the cuff. It's, so it's uh, we're right. flying by the seat of our pants we're here. We're flying by the seat of our pants. We, Of course, our listeners may say, don't you guys do that all the time? <laughs> <laughs> so what's different? <laughs> well, let me explain. <laughs> we had an opportunity to re- to record a couple programs, and so uh, with a couple things going on, we decided to uh, take the opportunity to do this, and so that's what we mean by. And we off. really weren't planning on it. That's right, and we never really do a lot of major planning anyway right. before we do the program. Usually, we'll say, "Well, what's up? What you been reading?" And mm-hmm. we, we did that this morning. Carmen, what's the Lord saying? Yeah, what's the Lord saying? And Carmen was sharing with me about an article to somebody. And his home fellowship shared with them. And uh, so uh, my daughter sent an article over to me that I just glanced at. So, you know, that's pretty much all we do. Yeah. You know, we don't preach any sermons on here or anything like that. And we really are trusting the Lord to uh, give us uh, the grace to uh, hear him and to share what he's put on our hearts. Yeah, I I feel like, uh, I feel like, uh, who was it? I don't know if it was Moses. I think it was Moses. But basically, Moses was saying, "If you if you're not going, I'm not going." You know exactly. I mean? And uh, I, sometimes that's how I feel. I feel like Moses. You know, it's like Lord, uh, if you don't show up, if you, if you, yeah. if, you, if you're not going to give the grace to do this, then uh, and, and nothing's going to happen. You know, I was <laughs> Carmen re- and I'll be on here stuttering, yeah. for a half hour or whatever. You know, I was reading that about uh, a week or so ago. That that very portion, Jim, mm-hmm. and. Um, in fact, I threw this question out to my, uh, to my. It's not my. I threw this question out to our fellowship, mm-hmm. and uh, I asked. Uh, I asked this question of them, and it came just from that portion of scripture that you were referring to. Mm-hmm. I said, um, "What distinguishes us, the people of God, from all the other people out there?" And uh, they had a lot of good answers and everything, but it wasn't the answer I was seeking. <laughs> <You know? laughs> So um, I finally, I finally told them, you, finally told them. Uh, you know, uh, and I said, what distinguishes us from all the people out there is the presence of the Lord, mm-hmm. the presence of God. And that comes from the same portion of scripture that you just quoted, because Moses said, if you do not go up with us, he says, we ain't gone uh, for the simple reason. And then, and then Moses says, for how will we be distinguished from all the other people of the world? That's right. And so the Lord is talking about his presence. Moses said, okay, unless your presence goes with us. And I uh, said, if your presence does not go with us, then there's no way that we will be distinguished from the other, uh, all the other people of the world. And I thought, now this is interesting. As, as the different ones in our group were giving answers, mm-hmm. All the answers that they were giving had to do with us, how we distinguish ourselves. Oh. See, uh, and they were saying, well, uh, by our love, you know, mm. or uh, our faithfulness. And I forget what all they, they were saying. And by the way, we serve. Mm. And I thought, ah, isn't that interesting? Because uh, the scripture says, no, it's his presence that mm. distinguishes us. Uh, we can't do anything about his presence, see. Mm. Mm. <laughs> That's all him. Mm-hmm. And nothing that we do. Uh, and, of course, I believe his presence enables us to 
well, function the, differently, of course. Well, the scripture says it a different way. In the New Testament, it says that if any man does not have the Spirit of God, he's none of his. That's it. And so the distinguishing aspect of uh, being a believer with the, with the ongoing revelation is that uh, God has given us a spirit. Yes, yes. So his abiding presence. Right. Yeah. So that's his abiding presence. And then, and this is, now walk in the spirit, not after the flesh. That's right. So, now, that's where, that's where it gets down to the nitty gritty. See, walking in the spirit. Walking in the spirit. Instead of after my own selfish ways. I was saying to somebody, to a group yesterday that I was uh, with, I said, uh, I asked them the question, I said, uh, who's your biggest enemy? (laughs) <laughs> and uh, they were pretty good. I, I said, hey, that's good. They said, right here, self. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not the devil. The devil yeah. isn't our biggest enemy. Yeah. It's self. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. I have more problems with self than I do any anything yeah. or anyone else, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> including yeah. the devil. <laughs> yeah. 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 So um, if we can get if we can get victory over our own flesh, yeah, we're in good shape. Well, that that's that's true, Carmen. I mean, uh, uh, I heard a person preach a sermon one time, a message, and it was about the enemy, enemy. Oh, 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 yes, the yes. enemy, enemy. enemy. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I think that's very original and very yeah, creative. Yeah. But it really brought the point home, you know. Sure. So, uh, you're looking for the enemy. You better look at the enemy, enemy. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, and of course. This is the age-old problem because we want to do our own thing. We I do. mean, it started back in the garden, and uh, it's been like that ever since. Absolutely. You know, it's just uh, Joan and I were talking here uh, yesterday, last evening, and uh, we're just talking about the desire. We're, we're talking somewhat about community, and I was just saying how community is really messy, and uh, yeah. we're deciding some things with our own group right now, and. Some, and uh, Joan says, I don't know if I like this. And I said, well, I said, this is why most people do not function in community because it's just downright messy. <laughs> and uh, what it does, it cuts, against the, it cuts against the grain against our flesh. And our flesh doesn't like uh, having to put itself out, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, well, that, right, that's the truth. Yeah, yeah. That's the truth. Don't infringe on my comfort zone here. The flesh is sand. That's right. So. Years ago, um, uh, a little monk, I don't know if he's little, but this monk wrote a book, Brother Lawrence. It was called Practicing the Presence Mm. of God. Yes. uh, That's a classic. It was a classic book, but it's a surprise to many people when they first read it. Yeah. Because they're looking for something real deep, you know, like a heavy revy. You know yes, I mean? yeah. You give it to me something deep, you know what I mean? Right. And, and there's nothing deep in the book. <laughs> you, you, you know the comment. I'm, yeah. I'm giving it away right. right here. There's really nothing deep in the book. The man's just talking about practicing the Lord's presence and staying in communion with him all yes. 24-7 and living a life of God worship. Yes. Being God-centered. And... Uh, he didn't even have a glamorous job. I think at one point he had various menial jobs. At one point he worked in the kitchen, washing yeah, pots and stuff. That's what it was. He yeah. he scrubbed pots and pans <laughs> in the kitchen in the monastery. Yeah, yeah. And so he he did not. He was not out preaching great sermons or anything like no, that. No. He he was just uh, 
uh, a common worker in the kitchen and uh, doing doing the kind of work that none of us like to do. And and wrote a spiritual classic. Yeah. Yes. Called, and, and 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 I believe the Lord made sure it was preserved so that we. Could read it. <laughs> right. I, I was going to say, and it's something that everyone ought to read because it's sure. not a huge book. It's a little thin little book. A little tiny thing. You and can read it in one setting. You can sit, read yeah. it in one sitting and yeah. very easily, very easy to read. But I'll tell you, it, it is when very, you, very difficult to do. Yes, yes. <laughs> and you said, you said it wasn't deep. Yeah. You're right. It's not deep, but it's profound. It's very profound. Uh, yeah. Simply because it's so simple. That's right. And, and I believe this is what the walk, our walk with the Lord is designed to be. Just very simple. That's right. You know, just uh, just love Jesus, follow him, you know, uh, do what you know to do, and uh, keep on, uh, uh, keep the lines of communication open like he did. He said he would pray and experience the presence of God while he's scrubbing pots and pans and everything like that in the kitchen and say, well, don't, don't you at least have to be on your knees or something like that to pray and uh, don't experience Don't you have to work it up? Ooh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. No, you don't have to work it up. You don't have to be on your knees. Yeah. You know what I mean, if you're on your knees, you can practice this presence. If you're standing up, you can practice That's it. right. You know, but where does something, where does that begin, Carmen, you know, practicing this presence? If you really think about it, you know what I mean? People... Some people have got this all-or-nothing mentality. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. They haven't been practicing the Lord's presence, and then they make it, make a vow, you know? Yeah. I'm going to practice God's presence from now on. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean? They make that's, a, that's their first mistake, <laughs> making a vow like that. <laughs> hey, listen, they make this vow. I declare that I'm going to practice the Lord's presence from now yeah. on. And before the end of the day, they're cussing. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like, don't do that. You know I know. I mean? You want to tell them, don't do that. You're setting yourself up. I was going to for say a big letdown. <laughs> you, 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 do you want to invite the world, the flesh, and the devil uh, uh, into your uh, into your experience? Just make a vow like that, yeah. and then watch what happens. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, much, it's much it's much better to just pray quietly before the Lord and, and acknowledge that by His grace you're going to begin to practice His presence. Exactly, and then go from there. And it's you know you, it takes the pressure off of you. You don't have to do it. That's right. In <laughs> fact, everything that we do is by the grace of God and especially as we're talking about uh, spiritual things things that we know God is um, God is desiring for us to practice and to do it's all by his grace because this life that we read of in scripture and we say oh well this is what God intends the kingdom of god it's impossible it's impossible it is impossible it and is. we can if we think we can live this then uh, i would uh, i would challenge anyone uh we'll challenge here's the challenge jim i challenge anyone who can live this life that the scripture talks about um in and of themselves I challenge them. They can come on the air here and tell how it's done. Yeah, yeah. Give 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 your seven point formula. Yeah, give us ten point formula. Yeah, give us your outline. Yeah, and because uh, because it's an impossibility. You just cannot do it. Well, you, well, you know, and I've shared before, maybe not on this program, but on previous programs and stuff. But I think I shared on this program for a number of years. I worked as a crisis counselor, and. Uh, one of the things that happens, Carmen, is that we, we 
think we have so much, so many resources. Yes. And so we're able to hold our lives together. We think. Mm-hmm. We think. Yeah. But then when a crisis hits, you know what I mean, you find out just how bankrupt you are mm. in terms of resources. Yes. You know, because here's the way it is. Some people live their lives on the edge. Mm-hmm. I like to do it like this, take numbers like from 1 to 10. Well, some people never get back down to 1. Okay. Like something will go on in their lives and they'll go back down to maybe 5. Yeah. But they never go back down to 1. They live their lives in the middle almost. Yeah. So when something happens, whoop, they're right back up again. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? They're, 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 they're losing it. You see what I'm saying? It's off the charts. It's off the charts. And, and and the way that we're designed to live is to rest in God. Yes. If you take the pressure off of yourself and put it over on Him, roll it over on Him. In our home fellowship this past week, we, we were talking about that. And, and, uh, <laughs> and, and, and Carmen, pick it up while I, I got I to look at okay. this. Okay. And uh, as, you say, as we've said before... It's what you hear is what you get, or what you see is what you get, because Jim's phone just went off here. <laughs> so, yeah, I was expecting an important phone call. I should have put it on vibrate. Uh, let, me, let me put it on vibrate. So, uh, so anyways, uh, the, the, the marvels of modern technology. Modern technology, <laughs> man. What would we do without it? Yes. Yeah. So but, you were saying. Yeah, but I was saying. Before you were so rudely interrupted. Before I was interrupted, you know what I mean? <laughs> Most of us, we never, we, never, we never get back to a place of really resting. Yes. We live our lives on the edge. Something happens in our lives, and, and we're just so glad to get through that. Mm-hmm. That we just get through it, and then we go on. But, but there's like this anxiety waiting for the next bad thing right. to happen. Now, now, let's be for real. That's exactly right. Huh? That is exactly Just right. Way, you know, it's like, what's, what's next? What's going to happen next? You know what I mean? And, you know, when you were saying that, Jim, uh, what I, I, I thought of Jesus. Now, no one received more opposition than what he did. And yet... Constantly, you just see him at perfect peace. He's just functioning uh, as if there's no opposition at all. You know. Now, does he get into it with the with the opposition from time to time? He sure he does. But I don't see any kind of anxiety with him. I don't see any kind of tension or anything like that where he's uptight and oh, what do I do next and how do I do this? He he said. I only do what I see the Father doing. That's right. That's and so right. he, was in, he was in such tune and such a relationship with the Father that uh, he was at perfect peace even on the day and the night before he was arrested. That's right. He is in such peace that, uh, now sure, people may say, well, when he was in the garden and sweating blood praying, he wasn't in much peace. I'm talking about at the supper, That's last right. supper and everything. That's right. He's ministering to uh, uh, to the twelve, and he, right. he's and you would think if you didn't know the story, you'd think, well, man, this okay. Well, there's there's nothing in the future here that uh, other than maybe what he's saying, but that may be years and years and years away. It was going to be the same night, and Jesus knew it was, That's and right. here he was with his peace. Uh, you know, I I think of when he got the. Um, message from uh, Mary and Martha about his friend Lazarus who was near death 
That's right. And, uh, oh, he didn't rush like crazy. He waited days yet. And then he, he gets, he there, he gets he there four days late, you he know. Did. He did. And uh, with us, why, we'd have dropped everything. And, oh, we've got to get there. But That's he right. just, you know, he, he again... He did what his father said uh, said to do, and he, he was involved in something, and therefore he finished what he was involved in, and then he went. <laughs> say, well, you, you know, Carl, I'm gonna say something somewhat controversial, but I'm gonna say it because it might go against some people's theology or whatever. But mm. but I'm I'll a, keep my mouth shut. I could say a whole lot when well, you said about theology. Well, well, go ahead. God loves us so much, right? Yes. And many times we live in this illusion like we have everything under control. Mm-hmm. Almost like we're controlling things. Yes. And I believe that God will use circumstances to bring us to an end of our resources. Oh, absolutely. So that we will learn to depend upon Him. He orchestrates the circumstances. He does. He does. He'll, he'll use the circumstances. We were looking at Psalm 132. It was talking about these sellers uh, at our home fellowship who went out to sea. And they okay. went out to sea... And they were not novices. They were sellers. They'd been to sea before, obviously been in storms and stuff. But this talked about a storm to end all storms. They talked about how the waves was up to the heavens and went down to the lowest depths. Okay. It talked about how it talked about how they were reeling like drunk men, and they came to their wits' end. You know what I mean? It's like yes. And then then they cried out to the Lord in distress, and He delivered them. Yes. So, and that's such a good prophetic picture. Yes. We got to come to our wits end where we get, don't have any more schemes, no more plans. Right. We can't figure it out, right? Yeah. And, and we'll cry out to the Lord in distress, and God will deliver us. Yes. But yes. why do we have to come to our, well, why do we got to come to our Why wits end? is the Lord always our last resort ah. instead of our first resort? Ah, See? Man. We will do everything we know to do, and then when all else fails, Oh, well, maybe we better ask God. And say, what is the matter with us? We ought to know better by this time. But yet we keep on repeating the same kind of foolishness. I think some people have a real messed up theology, Carmen. They've been taught some stuff that is not true. You know what I mean? And and, and like like those guys in in that boat, they they didn't go like, well, these aren't real ways. They just, yeah, they yeah, just yeah. look like waves. Yeah, you yeah. Know, when Peter, when Peter was outside, he he came. He was going by faith. He stepped out the boat. Jesus told him to come. Sure. But when Peter started sinking and getting ready to drown, Peter didn't say, "This thing real. This is not real water. <laughs> yeah. I'm not really drowning. This is not really ocean water that I'm swallowing." You know what I mean? You know, he, I'm walking by faith and not by sight. No, yeah. Peter said, "Help." Yeah. You know what I mean? And listen, sometimes we need to learn how to say help. Help. Get out of that dumb stuff, man. Yeah, yeah. And just learn how to say help. You know, we, we get, uh, you, you mentioned you mentioned theology. And I know that we, we, we need to, we need to know, we need to know the basics of what we believe and that kind of thing. So uh, I, I, what I'm about to say, I, I preface it with that. So, sure. so we need to know that uh, who Jesus is. We need Absolutely. to have this relationship with him. Absolutely. And there are certain basic uh, tenets of our faith Absolutely. that are 
what's what's the word that that I want? That uh, in other words, there's no variance on them. That's right. Uh, we we stand firm on that, and uh, th- there's no change in that. That's right. Uh, like Jesus is the Son of God. He is the Son of God. Jesus is the only way to the Father. No salvation is in no other. That's right. Yeah, Jesus yeah. is without sin. Absolutely. <clears throat> all all those of, basics. Born of a virgin. <clears throat> these That's are right. things non-negotiables. <clears throat> That we know... That's the word I was looking for. That's right. Non-negotiables. Non-negotiables. And, and uh, so, so, that, so there are non-negotiables. But when we get into all this, quote, theology, here's the interesting thing that, that I think a lot of believers are not aware of. That theology, uh, especially systematic theology, mm-hmm. is based on pagan Greek philosophy. Sure. And a lot of the early church... Aristotle. Yes, it yeah. comes from Aristotle. Yeah, Neo, it's called, it came from Plato through Aristotle. That's right. It's called Neoplatonism. That's Plat- it. Plat- Platonism. And, and, and so what, what people don't realize, when all of these theological discussions are taking place, basically what, what Christianity has devolved into is a philosophical religion. The Christianity that we that we basically grew up with and know. Because a lot of these church fathers, the early church fathers, absolutely, they they were Greek philosophers they, before they were converted. Absolutely. And when they came to the Lord, they brought this philosophy they, right in with them. They went to, they tried to merge the two. And and, and tried right. and they did merge the and, two. And you can name some of them, I'll just name one real well known one is Thomas Aquinas. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. He talked about systematic theology, what was it like fourteen volumes or something? Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, he wrote quite a bit about it. Uh, Thomas know? Aquinas yeah. uh, was was one of the uh one of the big ones, yeah, uh, as yeah. far as uh, uh, bringing philosophy uh, in, into the church. I mean, he had a great mind. He, and these church fathers, we're not saying that they are not in heaven uh, uh, now, or they're not with the Lord now. But what we're saying is that uh, that what they knew, they brought in with them. Absolutely, all the philosophical techniques and everything like that. And so Christianity. Uh, has been infused with all these philosophical structures. Yeah, he's good. He, and he, he's and we nice, call it theology. You used a nice word, infused. I would, I would have used a different word. Okay. Probably, but the, infused. That can be used okay. on the air, huh? Yeah, yeah. Infused, <laughs> infused is okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, we could say infected. Well, it yeah. It got infected yeah, with... Uh, it's infected, man. It's like a pagan virus. Pagan Greek philosophy. It's like a virus that runs, runs yeah. out of control. And see, so people mm-hmm. major in on this kind of stuff yes. instead of majoring on the non-negotiables right. and going from there. You know what I mean? But I've seen it, Carmen, like a virus that has infected the church even mm. up into our day. And, well... Keep the, going. Dare I go there, Carmen? You dare go there. Well, I think, I think <clears throat> what has happened is that it sets you up to be seduced by some other things like a political spirit. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely, and 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 I just got to say this right here. You know what I mean? Do do not think that your involvement in politics in any kind of way makes you saved. <laughs> <laughs> only Republicans are saved, see, or only Democrats are saved. <laughs> I, I tell you what, you you you, got- you, you say it the best way. God is establishing a government. 
Yeah, yes. So in that way, there is politics. But you better understand that God is establishing a government. Yes. Even in the midst of all of this other stuff that's going on, with all these various kingdoms of this right. world, God is establishing his government. And we need to have eyes to see to see yes. what he's doing. And it's all around the world. I've done quite a that's bit of right. traveling. It's all around the world. I've met brothers and sisters all around the world who have lived in various different environments and various mm -hmm. different natural political systems and things. Right. But the the, the, the thing that made us uh, the, a common denominator, so to speak, in our lives was Jesus. Yes. And, that's it. and his rule. That's it. Through the power of the Holy Spirit. Yes. You know what I mean? God's kingdom. Yes. And yeah. see, the minute we talk about the kingdom of God, see, that's a government. Sure. So, God, that all deals with politics too. Absolutely. But God's politics are radically different than the politics of man. Listen, you Because think, they're not of this world. You think politics is really rampant in the United States of America. Listen, I was in a country... Carmen, well, I think they have something like 114 political parties. <laughs> only thing the people... We, we had trouble with two The parties. only thing the people talked about was politics. Uh, Christian, non-Christian, it was, it was all over the nation. I never felt anything so overwhelming. It was like a cloud. Okay. You know what I mean? It, it, was, it was incredible, man. I mean... You know, so it was it was worse than what yes. we experienced here in the United States of America. But it's pretty bad here. Oh, oh, it, it, it is. Sure, uh, you know sure. what I mean. If you don't watch yourself, you'll be seduced, and what happens is that you'll cease to be effective as as a citizen of the kingdom and as someone that God is moving in to establish His kingdom. Well, see, what it gets down to basically is that we put our trust in man. That's right. We put our trust in flesh. And not in God. Now because we're not saying we're not saying you can't vote or shouldn't vote. That, no, no, we're not. Don't saying misinterpret that. what we're <clears throat> saying here. But don't allow yourself to be seduced into something where you spend your time, your resources, mm -hmm. your money, your energy in something that's passing away. Yes. See, that's it. Because that's passing away. <laughs> you know. Now, you know, uh, Jim. Uh, I'm going to go back to this, and you covered for me uh, when I said this originally. But I'm going to get back and refer to this because I think it fits in. Sure. And. Uh, I said that I have <clears throat> I I pledge no other allegiance than to Jesus. Mm -hmm. See now, uh, and so some people may have raised eyebrows and said, "Well, you're going to pledge your allegiance to the United States of America, not when not when the United States of America uh, uh, contradicts Car Jesus. Carmen is not and a, his kingdom. Carmen is not a flag burner. Do yeah, you, right, do, right. Don't let your imagination yes. run away with you. Yes. <laughs> But, but you know, um, uh, I I was looking at um, I was looking at a scripture in in Luke, uh, and uh, Luke uh, records Jesus saying, uh, "If you're going to follow me, you're going to follow me unless you hate your mother and your father and your wife and your children." And I posed the question. I said, "How can Jesus, who says?" Love, love, you know, the, the first two commandments, love the Lord your God, love your neighbors yourself, or love one another as I have loved you. Now he turns around and says this, and so I was throwing this question out. And of course, we know that he is saying something very radical here in order to get people's attention. He's not saying that we're, we need to hate. But I think what he's showing here is that all other allegiances have to be forsaken if it interferes with 
our allegiance to him. And the kingdom. He said, and, and the kingdom. And, you and cannot the, follow me and, and get him, be involved you, in the kingdom you can, you can, and have an allegiance over here. A double-minded man is unstable That's in all it. his ways. And, and it's very concise. Say that again. Good A double-minded double man is unstable in all his ways. Exactly. He becomes very un, ineffective. <clears throat> now, now, there's very concise and precise revelation in the Bible concerning all this. Yes. One... They were the, the the disciples and some others who were following Jesus were getting somewhat confused about what was going to happen. They were thinking about a natural government being set up, and then right. they then they were becoming worried because they <clears throat> about the funds to pay the taxes because yes. the taxes that were levied. And Jesus supernaturally sent somebody out, and there was a a, a lot of money a coin in the mouth of a fish that just happened to jump up. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Yeah, <laughs> but, but 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 Jesus said. Render unto Caesar's what Caesar's. So yes. that's still for us today. We don't have a Caesar, right. Caesar, but we have a government. Render unto them what's theirs. You pay your taxes. You 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 know you you rendered unto them what's theirs. Yeah. And then later on, through through Paul, the Holy Spirit said, "Pray for those that are in authority." So what, two things we need to do is one, we we are we are we we render unto Caesar what is Caesar's, mm -hmm. and we pray. And you know what? Else? You do those two things. Yes. I think you'd be all right. I I just I just want to know one thing. I want to find that fish. Oh man, <laughs> we just, we just paid our taxes. Oh, I man. want to find that fish. Oh man, oh I, I, man. I'm gonna I, I'm gonna build a tank and keep that fish. <laughs> oh man, I tell you, I tell you, that that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. And uh, but speaking no. about speaking about fish. <laughs> You can go fishing or do whatever else you want to do, but uh, the, the, this program's coming to an end. <laughs> I knew you were going to come up with something like that, Jim. So, uh, you're you're watching the uh, you're watching the clock on the wall, yeah, so yeah. to speak. Here, so, so what uh, do you want to say? We're going to close out. Well, uh, no, I think that uh, it, it it comes down to seeking first the kingdom of God That's and right. His righteousness, and all these things will be added. And, and and He has your back. All right. Amen. Till next time. All right, Jim.